art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall shout forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning,
Book of Common Prayer, page 375. We'll say the psalm in unison. Lord, who shall dwell in thy tabernacle, or who shall rest upon thy holy hill? Even he that leadeth an uncorrupt life, and doeth the thing which is right, and speaketh the truth from his heart. He that hath used no deceit in his tongue, nor done evil to his neighbor, and hath not slandered his neighbor. He that setteth not by himself, but he is lowly in his own eyes, and maketh much of them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth unto his neighbor, and disappointeth him not, though it were to his own hindrance. He that hath not given his money upon usury, nor taken reward against the innocent, whoso doeth these things shall never fall. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here we begin at the second chapter of the first book of Samuel. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord, my horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren have borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill, to set them among princes, and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he hath set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces, out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king, and exalt the horn of his anointed. And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house, and the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial, and they knew not the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came while the flesh was in seething, with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand. And he struck it into the pan, or kettle, or cauldron, or pot. All that the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Also, before they burnt the fat, the priest's servants came and said to the man that sacrificed, 
Give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. And if any man said unto him, Let them not fail to burn the fat presently, and then take as much as thy soul desireth, then he would answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Wherefore the sin of the young man was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat, and brought it to him from year to year, when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife, and said, The Lord give thee seed of this woman, for the loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went unto their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah, so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Now Eli was very old, and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel, and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. Ye make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. And the child Samuel grew on, and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. And there came a man of God unto Eli, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father, when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon mine altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering, while I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me. For them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come, that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thine house. And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation, and all the wealth which God shall give Israel. And there shall not be an old man in thine house forever. And the man of thine whom I shall not cut off from mine altar shall be to consume thine eyes and to grieve thine heart. And all the increase of thine house shall die in the flower of their age. And this shall be a sign unto thee, that shall come upon thy two sons, Unhophni and Phineas. In one day they shall die, both of them. And I will raise me up a faithful priest, that shall do according to that which is in mine heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. And it shall come to pass, that every one that is left in thine house shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread, and shall say, Put me, I pray thee, into one of the priest's offices, 
that I may eat a piece of bread. It rendeth the lesson. The Te Deum on page 6.
Bible, page 12. Please kneel, amen. The Lord be with you. Thy praise among the nations of the earth. 
in the time of prosperity, fill our hearts with thankfulness, and in the day of trouble, suffer not our trust in thee to fail. All which we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost, be with us all evermore. Amen. The order for Holy Communion is found beginning on page 242, the Book of Common Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Almighty God, in whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God spake these words and said, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have none other gods but me. Thou shalt not make to thyself any graven image, for the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them, nor worship them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, and visit the sins of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and show mercy unto the thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. Six days shalt thou labor and do all that thou hast to do. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do no manner of work. Thou of thy son and my daughter, thy manservant and thy maidservant, thy cattle and the stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. Thou 
to thy merciful care, that being guarded by thy providence, we may dwell secure in thy peace. Grant to the President of the United States and to all in authority, both wisdom and strength, to know and to do thy will. Fill them with the love of truth and righteousness, and make them ever mindful of their calling to serve this people in thy fear. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. The God, Epistle, and Gospel appointed for the third Sunday after Trinity is found beginning on page 167 of the book Good Common Prayer. Page 167. Let us pray. O Lord, we beseech thee mercifully to hear us, and grant that we, to whom thou hast given a hearty desire to pray, may by thy mighty aid be defended and comforted in all dangers and adversities. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The epistle is written in the fifth chapter of First Peter, beginning at the fifth verse. All of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, established, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever, Amen. In, here endeth the epistle. Please stand, God. The Holy Gospel is written in the 15th chapter of St. Luke, beginning at the first verse. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him, and the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, 
he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the peace which I lost. Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Please join me in the Nicene Creed on page 246. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe one Catholic and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please join me in hymn 347.
seated. Children and the 
Christians who will follow us until Christ returns. At the heart of that is the recognition and maintenance of a community of people who lock arms in prayer and sacramental life precisely to make it through the vicious death gas of a fallen world. Peter tells Christ's priests to be living scars and for all the church's members to submit to their authority for the same three reasons he commands husbands to die daily for their wives and for the same wives to submit to their husbands. Three reasons. Number one, we are at war. Two, our enemy is trying to kill us. And reason three, we must be unified and focused for this fight of our very lives. As long as we are Christians in a fallen world, strangers in a strange land, as long as that is who we are, we will not know the true peace of a world set right. The peace that we pray for, the peace that passeth all understanding, will always be something which must be placed in our hearts and minds by the benevolent God who made us through the suffering of childbirth, the God who has saved us through the suffering of the cross. That God commands us to be an unbreakable community who serve one another in humility and love. A set-apart people learning the cruciform life, the cross-shaped life, by unlearning the selfish viciousness of our smiling dystopia. And we don't use that language lightly, the dystopia, because our fallen world is, by definition, it is a failed heaven-on-earth project. And the only options which really rest before us are to try again and again and again to create our own utopia, to blindly trust that despite all evidence that we can make a perfect world, or we can disconnect ourselves from this nightmare and face the temporary suffering which inevitably follows. And Peter tells us there will be suffering. But how else could it be for a religion which has Christ in its name? This is the holy title Jesus proved was his by suffering for the sins of the world. The great scandal of the Christ is him on the cross. A scandal that either drives you away from Christianity ever since the beginning or leads you home. The cross, of course, was the pinnacle moment of salvific suffering. But what about all the times God the Son was attacked and manhandled? What about the times Jesus had to listen to one of his beloved creatures curse his name? Or what about all the times the Savior of the world had to listen to someone's problems or clean up someone's mess or go without so that someone else could have more? We don't get all those stories in the Gospels. We know those must have been parts of Jesus' life, day in, day out. If we are to be Christ followers, we must know that it is in these moments of humble suffering 
where we are most closely allied to the Christ we say we follow. We must know that the pain or anger or loss we feel in sacrificing ourselves for the other members of Christ's body, that that pain is a taste of the very evil Christ came to destroy. Now, that knowledge won't make our pain disappear, not in the short term, but it will reveal to us that our suffering for others, that suffering is our divinely given mandate. We have been called to be a community of mutual sacrifice and subordination. For our church is to be a sign before men and angels and demons of how God actually heals and orders the social and political lives of humans through the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. There is no other temple. This witness can only be revealed in concrete, cruciform service and patient, supernaturally gifted strength in the face of suffering. But, Maybe we aren't ready to be that called-out community of love and sacrifice. There could be many reasons for that. A person might think the world is pretty great, or at least good enough. And even if it is bad, there's nothing we can really do about it anyway. Just one person. Who, though, do we think might be responsible for such a universal idea among men? St. Peter lets us know today. He tells us, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It's interesting to note that Peter, of course, here is just quoting from the Psalms. Right? The image of a roaring lion is an image of something to watch out for. But St. Cyprian, uh, writing in the early 200s, had this to say when he preached on this particular passage. And I'll put it at length because it's quite a powerful phrase. Perception. He writes, The devil goes around us individually, and like an enemy besieging those shut up, he examines the walls and explores where there might be some part of our members less firm and less trustworthy. He offers to our eyes unlawful appearances and seductive pleasures, that he might destroy purity through sight. He tempts the ears by harmonious music, that he may get rid of and weaken Christian strength by the hearing of a pleasant sound. He arouses the tongue reviling. He urges the hand of capricious murder when it is excited by injuries. He provides unjust gains that he may make a cheat. He piles up dangerous profits that he may ensnare the soul by money. He promises earthly honors, that he may take away heavenly ones. He manifests false visions, that he may steal away the truth. And when he is not able to deceive secretly, he threatens clearly and openly, bringing forward the fear of violent persecution in order to overcome the servants of God. Always restless and always hostile, he is cunning in peace, violent in persecution. Cyprian could have written that with yesterday, right? It's amazing. An 1,800-year-old sermon still fits exactly for the enemy we're fighting in the way he affects us. 
we find that Satan hates God. And so he hates those made in the image of God. How much more then must he despise Jesus, God and man? How much more must he desire to do whatever it takes to prevent us from being the living examples of Christ's love and mercy in the world? Satan hates Jesus. And so he wants us to look nothing like him. But that said, it is interesting to consider that perhaps the devil makes himself less openly known in our modern Western world because our culture is already so very good at looking nothing like Jesus. Talking to missionaries in Africa, they oftentimes are assaulted by more obvious cases of the supernatural, more obvious cases of the power of Satan. Those worlds are just different. Against such powerful enemies, right, against a world intoxicated by greed and lust and power, against a supernatural foe dedicated to our very destruction, we begin to see why it's just so much easier for us to go along with the flow and fit in our precious time on earth passes by. We must, however, see that this surrender is not a neutral action. It is simply to trust in some other God for our protection and salvation. St. James, in another pastoral epistle, tells us that, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. James chapter 2, verse 26. How true are these words, revealed every day by actions taken to appease the gods of our neighbors, rather than to live in thanksgiving for the God who gives us life. And let us all be frank. Men worship the gods of our neighbors, gods like scientism, materialism, nihilism, because those gods seem to work. As long as we define work as making us a little more comfortable, or temporarily entertained, or momentarily shielded from suffering. But what do we do when St. Peter tells us, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that he may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12-13. We find that if we are Christians, we are being tested like Navy SEALs or NASA astronauts because we have desperately important work to do and a glorious, unending future that demands a purifying heart. The fire of that purification is necessary for glory. This is not a fire in the future. This is not a fire just for people who need it. It is a fire for all God's people. Again and again, St. Peter tells us that God's restoration and elevation of our human nature from worm food, from worm food, to a place at God's table in his everlasting kingdom, that that elevation 
That restoration comes through suffering, not by avoiding. Again and again we see that it is our privilege to bravely deny the world and live for Christ. As St. John says in his pastoral epistle, do not love the world and the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. For the 21st century American Christian, hearing these calls from our apostolic fathers to us, for the 21st century American Christian, the hardest part of dutifully submitting to these apostolic commandments is separating out the will of God from the will of the world. So, so much confusion and muddled information and corrupted reasoning has gone into making Christians tragically indistinct from those who serve the idols of now. For the sake of our witness to God's glory, for the sake of our stewardship of Christ's truth, the call to every Christian in America is to repent and stand firm. We must become the people who live with the risen and transfigured body of Christ before our eyes, beckoning us to suffer well for the glory that lies ahead of us. Christ has shown us that we need not fear the empires of sin or fear the devil. For it is the mighty hand of God which strengthens us, establishes, settles us, and makes us whole. And so we are blessed, truly blessed, today and every day, to say along with St. Peter, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Whatsoever ye will that men should do unto you, even so do unto them. For this is the law and the prophets. Please join me in him for 159.
the Book of Common Prayer. Let us pray for the whole state of Christ Church militant here on earth. Almighty and ever-living God, who by thy holy apostle hath taught us to make prayers and supplications and to give thanks for all men, we humbly beseech thee most mercifully to accept our alms and oblations and to receive these our prayers which we offer unto thy divine majesty, beseeching thee to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and concord, and grant that all those who do confess thy holy name may agree in the truth of thy holy word and live in unity and godly love. We beseech thee also so to direct and dispose the hearts of all Christian rulers, that they may truly and impartially administer justice to the punishment of wickedness and vice and to the maintenance of thy true religion and virtue. Give grace to Heavenly Father to all bishops and pastors, especially Peter, our Bishop Ordinary, that they may both by their life and doctrine set forth thy true and lively word, and rightly and truly administer thy holy sacraments. And to all thy people give thy heavenly grace, and especially to this congregation here present, that with me caught and due reverence they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. And we must humbly beseech thee of thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and succor all those who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity, especially those for whom our prayers are desired. And we also bless thy holy name. For all thy servants did part of this life in thy faith and fear, beseeching thee to give us grace so to follow their good examples, that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant this, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. The exhortation is found on page 255. Dearly beloved in the Lord, he that mindeth come to the holy communion of the body and blood of our Savior Christ, must consider how St. Paul exhorteth all persons diligently to prove and examine themselves before they presume to eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For as the benefit is great, if with a true, penitent heart and lively faith we receive that holy sacrament, for then we spiritually eat the flesh of Christ and drink his blood, then we dwell in Christ and Christ in us. We are one with Christ and Christ with us. So is the danger great if we receive the same unworthily. For then we are guilty of the body and blood of Christ our Savior. We eat and drink our own condemnation, not considering the Lord's body. We kindle God's wrath against us. We provoke him to plague us with diverse diseases and sundry kinds of death. Judge therefore yourselves, brethren, that ye be not judged by the Lord. Repent you truly for your sins past. Have a lively and steadfast faith in Christ our Savior. Amend your lives, and be of perfect charity with all men. So shall ye be meet partakers of those holy mysteries. And above all things, ye must give most humble and hearty thanks to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, for the redemption of the world by the death and passion of our Savior Christ. 
both God and man, who did humble himself, even to the death upon the cross, for us miserable sinners, who lay in darkness in the shadow of death, that he might make us the children of God and exalt us to everlasting life. And to the end, that we should always remember the exceeding great love of our Master and only Savior, Jesus Christ, thus dying for us, and the invariable benefits which by his precious bloodshedding he hath obtained for us. He hath instituted and ordained holy mysteries as pledges of his love, and for a continual remembrance of his death to our great and endless comfort. To him, therefore, with the Father and the Holy Ghost, let us give, as he are most bound in continual thanks, submitting ourselves wholly to his holy will and pleasure, and studying to serve him in true holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. Amen. Ye who do truly and earnestly repent of your sins, and are love and charity with your neighbors, and intend to lead a new life, following the commandments of God, and walking from henceforth in his holy ways, draw near with faith, and take this holy sacrament to your comfort, and make your humble confession to Almighty God, meekly kneeling upon your knees. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, maker of all things, judge of all men, we acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, which we from time to time most grievously have committed, by thought, word, and deed, against thy divine majesty, provoking most justly thy wrath and indignation against us we do earnestly repent and are heartily sorry for these our misdoings. The remembrance of them is grievous unto us. The burden of them is intolerable. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. For thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may ever hereafter serve and please thee in newness of life to the honor and glory of thy name through jesus christ our lord amen, amen. almighty god our heavenly father who of his great mercy hath promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with parting repentance and true faith turn unto him have mercy upon me pardon and deliver you from all your sins Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what comfortable words our Savior Christ said to all who truly turn to Him. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. So God loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, to the end that all that believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hear also what Saint Paul said. This is a true saying, and worthy of all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. We were also what St. John said, If any man sin, we have an advocate of the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is very meet, right, and our bounden duty that we should at all times and in all places 
Give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty, everlasting God. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, Come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made him, by his one oblation of himself once offered, a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, and an institute, and in his holy gospel command us to continue in perpetual memory of that his precious death until his coming again. Hear us, O merciful Father, we most humbly beseech thee, and grant that we, receiving these thy creatures of bread and wine, according to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it, in remembrance of me.
body of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is given to thee, preserved thy body and soul unto everlasting life. Listen, thou Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, be upon you, may do all things. Amen. Keep this in remembrance, that Christ died for thee, and feed him in thy heart by faith and thanksgiving. Blessed thou Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, be upon you, may do all things. Join with me in the Lord's Prayer on page 264. Passion. And here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, 
our souls and bodies, to be a reasonable, holy, and lively sacrifice unto thee, humbly beseeching thee, that all we who are partakers of this holy communion may be fulfilled with thy grace and heavenly benediction. And although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer unto thee any sacrifice, yet we beseech thee to accept this our bounden duty and service, not weighing our merits but pardoning our offenses. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. Amen. Oh.